This episode is brought to you by Roboman. Hey Alex. Yes. Do you hate doing chores all by yourself? All the time, always. All the time, always? All the well, time. you'll love Roboman. Oh. So if you ever wanted um, someone else to come around to your house and do all the like moving heavy objects, yes. looking after the grotesque creatures you might own, yes. Uh, you can uh, contact Scaro Solutions. Get yourself a Roboman, and uh, if you use the offer code FANTHEFOOL, uh, they'll give you a second Roboman for free. Wow, that's incredible, Matthew. What was that again? <laughs> the Fan and the Fool. Yes. That's the promo code. I'm sold. <laughs> Get a second Roboman for free. Oh. Also, if uh, you'd like to become a Roboman, just uh, leave in your name in the comments, and we'll make sure the Daleks find you. Oh, <laughs> What are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of the ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity. Reverse, reverse, reverse the polarity. I just reversed the polarity. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fan of the Fool. I'm the fan, Matt Nancinelli. I'm the fool, Alex Cameron. It's been so long, I almost forgot which one of those things I am. Yeah. So, if, to everyone listening, uh, I think our last episode was January? Yes, it yes. January. <laughs> so... It's been a while. Um, so, sorry that it's been a while. Some things happened in the world and in our worlds. Yes. Over to you. Okay, well, to start with... You say what happened to you in your life, and then I'll, then I'll take over. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> If you live in Australia, specifically in Queensland or along the East Coast, you know that we've had floods. And the house that I live in, the bottom floor, flooded. So I basically have been living with my wife at the in-laws while we wait for things to be fixed up. Good. So that was one reason why it's a lot harder to just kind of get together and record things when I was helping clean out. A devastated floor of a house. Mm. Um, And then I moved house. My place didn't flood, but uh, a lot of the stuff, like my brother's business, was moved into my house so that his place, their business flooded. And then I think you got COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, I did. And then I I didn't get COVID, but I did get sick. And then... I, for those of you who don't know, I study sign language and my classes just got really busy. Yep. And I also uh, am in charge of the year seven cohort of my school. My school as in I teach at that school, not as in I'm a student at that school. <laughs> so I've been organizing a camp. We had to do lots of planning to make up for weeks lost in COVID time and it's just been crazy. It's been crazy. So, yeah, but hopefully we'll be back to weekly. Weekly. And as long as we have no other natural disasters, we shouldn't drop off the schedule again. Yeah. One more update. Uh, YouTube is an absolute pain in the butt. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. I love YouTube. Yeah, I love watching it. But apparently, if the BBC says, this isn't fair use... Even though it's fair use, YouTube says that's not fair use. And oh, we can't fight YouTube. That's unfair use. It's been very unfair <laughs> and I feel used. 
So unfortunately, <laughs> we're going to have to remove all of our videos off the YouTube because I keep getting copyright claimed for stuff that shouldn't be copyright claimed. So this is purely going to be a podcast, at least for now. Yeah. And I feel like an audio medium suits us best. It does. Because <laughs> no one can try to sue us. <laughs> so unfortunately, no more highlights, no more having pictures or parts of the clips alongside to explain what we're talking about. You're going to have to use your imagination or sign up to BritBox. But we'll explain what happens as we go, as we have been anyway. Yeah, that sounds like a good good time. A good time. <laughs> Haven't we got an episode today? Yeah. You weren't feeling it? I feel like there's lots of stuff that's about to happen. I haven't been blown away by anything. I have not been blown away by, by anything that has already happened yet. I don't know if that's bad. I think it's great so far, though. I like the. Oh, whole... I haven't. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Yes, but you're just you're like, where are these threads going? Is that what you're like? Well, you've been saying, oh, this is great, and it then is I watched great. them, and I was like, yeah, they were okay. I, I've preferred the space museum so far. The no, time I've skip. Preferred this. The time skip. Yeah, but this also this has this is like a like a chase. Sort of. It's like, you know, a car chase in an action movie, but both cars just teleport <laughs> to various places one at a time. And then move very slowly. <laughs> move very slowly to another point. And sometimes you meet sometimes you meet you, you land somewhere and you meet a random tourist at the top of the Empire State Building. That was a good time. Sometimes you land on a ship. And there's pirates everywhere, and then you go, that ship, I recognise the name of that ship, and you all move, we all move on. All I'm saying is, I've enjoyed them, but you keep saying that there's important lore coming. It there is, is yet to happen. Lore coming. A time lore. It hasn't happened. You haven't happened. They're just chasing each other around. I'm disappointed with your response to this. Um... <laughs> So what are we gonna? What segment do we do first? It doesn't matter. Any order you want. It changes all the time. Okay. What makes most sense? Do you have a strategic vision for this episode? I think it's a good if you do. <laughs> Is it Doctor Who? Who? Who indeed? That's not from Doctor Who. <laughs> That's from when you took your trip to Vietnam. I love it. Yeah, good. And that's just because everything's packed. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's not the Doctor Who things, but no, I was no. like... Um, you got to break it up every now and then with none. Yeah, well, I thought um, you lost the last one, I think. Didn't you lose the last I one? I did, because I said that one. That lovely sound. Yeah. Or this one. Because it looked like something from Alien. Now, uh, I, I picked this as well, because, yeah, you're right. I did go to Vietnam. Can I spin it? Um, you can actually just take that off. No, but spin it really fast. Yeah, it's a frisbee. It's a Vietnamese no, it's frisbee. No, in the thing. Yeah, yeah, go for it. This is awful. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is just spinning, a, what would you call that? A commemorative disc. I would call that something uh, that gets stolen in National Treasure by, what's his name? Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Oh, it's the Vietnam this. disc. And if you put the back of it under a UV light, you'll see the map to where gold is, you know? What's the next segment? Matthew's brief spoiler-free review of... Audio Adventure. Oh. Um, it's different now. 
Now, if I said the name Tom Baker to you, what yes. would you say? That he's somehow related to Doctor Who. He's one of the Doctors, and that's all I know. Apparently, he's a good one. Because every time we give a low score that happens to be that number, you're like, let's trick people and say it's a Tom Baker-worthy episode. <laughs> but it's actually a low score because it's, what, five or four he's out of... Four. He's four. four out of 13. 13. He's 88. Still alive? He's the oldest Doctor alive. Wow. That's so cool. one, two, and three aren't alive anymore. Bam, 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 bam. But four is, and we are going to keep him alive for as long as possible. Because he's still recording audio plays. Well, if he's if he's healthy, he can still go for ages. If he's only eighty eight, um, actually, there I I revisited some of his old audio plays. Mm-hmm. They're not super old, but there's one that got me into the audio plays to begin with. So I really, really listen, re-listened to this one. So is this one of the first ones you ever listened to? Mm-hmm. So it's called uh, "Night of the Vashti Narada." Okay, you don't know what that means yet, but you will eventually. Okay. But basically, it's... Um, because I thought radio plays would be boring, because it's just voices. Right. But uh, this really, like, all the effects and stuff really shows you that, like, you can do some pretty intense things on radio plays, because mm-hmm. Doctor Who's a family show, right? So you sit down, there's like, you know, the whole family can watch Doctor Who... Um, but if this was on TV, you probably wouldn't all sit around and watch it. It's pretty dark. Yes. Yeah, so the Doctor on. lands on uh, a planet with the empty amusement park. Okay, so it starts off creepy. It starts off creepy. And he comes across some people who were there to investigate what happened to all the patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they do a bit of exploring... And there's a villain that I can't tell you about. But, um... The Daleks! But basically they just find, like, skeletons everywhere. Oh. And the really cool thing is... So this is between two adventures again. So it's another one of those situations. Right. So he's without a companion because one's just left and he hasn't gotten another one yet. So he's, like, just travelling on his own. And in his words, he's like, I thought an amusement park would be, you know, would cheer me up after my old friend left. But this place is kind of creepy. <laughs> Um, so he only has one companion at some point. At some points, yeah. Um, it some, kind of seems like it should be ensemble cast at all times. It's mainly that. Right. Sometimes it's just one. Okay. Um, and so it's just classic. And the good thing is it's a two-parter. So this is the Night of the Vashinarada, and there's another episode that goes with it called The Day of the Vashinarada. Right. But that stars the Eighth Doctor. So it kind of like... The first half of an adventure occurs, and he's all like, he solves that problem. And then the Eighth Doctor comes back to the same point, and he's like, there's still a problem. I remember this. Yeah. Interesting. So, when we get to the Eighth Doctor... In a few years' time. um, We're going to listen to these. Okay. The night and the day. Yeah. If they're relevant to the overall story and they're important, we definitely should. Um, It's... Yes, particularly for the Eighth Doctor, it's very relevant to his persona. Right. Um, I mean, super high score. Go. Like, 12. Ooh, 12. 12. I I mean, mm, no 12. Nice. Uh, I'll show you a second one. Yes, but before you do... Actually, no, do this first. 
So this one's um, Time Lord Victorious. Mm-hmm. It's called Genetics of the Daleks. Ooh. And I liked it because... So this has some more of that like timey stuff that maybe is kind of like the Space Museum situation, but is a bit more like um, the fourth Doctor lands on a ship uh, and his people have forced him to be there. So they're like, you go deal with this problem. And so they kind of, like, make his TARDIS land there. And so he he doesn't know why he's there. And uh, the people on the ship think he's, like, a stowaway and they're a colony ship. So everyone's, like, in hibernation while the ship flies to, like, right. some far-off place. And um, someone just kind of casually mentions to him that... Um, like, he's like, oh, where's, like, this part of your ship? And they're like, oh, it's just down there in the storeroom with the Dalek. And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, so that's why I'm here. And so they have a, it's, it's, it's very good. Because um, from both, like, species, they're out of order as well. So the fourth Doctor is meeting the Daleks after they've already met his fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. So they, they know... They're like, oh, this one, he's from way back. Right. This guy, he's like, you know, <laughs> we've already had to deal with him before. So they, they think they know him, but they don't. They don't. So they try and freak him out with some foreknowledge. And they're like, you'll be like this one day. And he's like, yeah, what of it? <laughs> so it's classic too. I won't technically be there, so. Yeah. Well, I sort of will. One of me will be. Um, and yeah, Tom Baker's 88. What score do you give this one? An 88. Out of 13. Yep. Done. The chase. <laughs> half a chase. Yeah, half of a chase. The first That should half. be the episode title. Half, half a, chase. a chase. And then the next week, the other half of the chase. No. <laughs> Why not? It should be the slowest chase in history. Because we are talking about a, a few episodes where it is called the chase. So... Plot summary, everyone. The Daleks are chasing the Doctor. Mm. And they, they, they're chasing him through all of time and space. Yes. Uh, to so many places that will go. I think three different places. I think so, so far. So here's what I want you to p- picture. You ready? I'm ready. Imagine it's like a police chase. Where a police box chase. A police box chase. So picture a police car chasing a speeding car. Yes. Right? And the speeding car pulls over and the police car pulls up behind it and the police officer gets out and then the car drives off. Yeah. And then they stop somewhere else again. Rinse and repeat. (laughs) So there's like, they're just driving, they stop and they move on. Yeah. Um, And no action. No action. No action. I mean, there's some action in these episodes, but the chase chase itself has no action. No, but I figure that we're not watching these episodes because they're known for the chase. It's to do with the law that's coming, right? Yeah, okay, so... Well, we've hit zero of that yet. Well, I think not. Oh, did you, I miss something? I think that you've missed... I don't think you've missed something, but perhaps like that, you know, you haven't really thought of, which is the Daleks have time travel now, which mm. is something they didn't have before. So remember... The very first time the Doctor met them, and he was like, I've got a box that can travel through time. And they're like, bah, crazy old man. Like, they just kind of were like, this is nonsense. Right. But now they're like, 
We this is our enemy forever. Yeah, we have time travel, and this guy's messed with us like three times now. Where's it been? The Daleks, the Dalek invasion of Earth. We think three because we're thinking of the movie. Yeah, that's but right. also things might have happened in the timeline that we haven't seen yet. Yes, because obviously has there been anything else? Not not from what we've seen, but what I'm saying is obviously you go back and forth in time, so maybe they know of things we haven't seen yet. That's true. They do time travel, mm. and they call themselves in this their executioner Daleks. Yes, which in the lore that comes up a lot again. Oh, the executioners, and also these episodes now come with some light sassy jazz that we've never heard mm. in Doctor yes, before. Yes, and sometimes the timing of that sassy jazz. Not convenient. Not, not at all. Not, not, what is it? Appropriate. Appropriate. Or not suitable. It's not convenient. Um, so that makes me think maybe Terry Nation wasn't in charge of the music, but... Uh, the person who did the movie was. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like that. In fact, um, I think the guy that they meet at the top of the Empire State Building, I think Roy Castle looked at that and was like, I can make that guy in. Yeah. Or that guy saw the movie and said, oh, that's who they want me to be in Doctor Who when I've been cast. You know what? I I liked the guy. I'm glad one of us did. <laughs> okay, but question. Okay. I don't know if you know or not. I'm literally at the first word of the first episode. I'm going to assume he was a British actor doing an accent. I don't know. I can look that up. Uh, we'll save it for next trivia. Oh, you can't tell me. <laughs> no, his name is... Uh... He's not a companion, is he? Oh, no. No, I... he's not a companion. Okay, good, because that would be awful. I'm what not watching the show anymore if he's in it. Um, let me just rattle through the um, characters we have in this episode, because there are multiple ones. You ready? Yes. Doctor. He's obviously in it. Ian. Mm-hmm. Barbara. Mm-hmm. Hey, Barbara. <laughs> Vicky. Yep. Um, Fine. She's Abraham okay. Lincoln. Oh, well, vaguely. He's on the TV. He's on the Time TV. He's on the Time TV. <laughs> it's called the Time Space Visualizer, isn't it? Time TV. Uh, I wrote Time Television. Uh, William Shakespeare. Yes. Queen Elizabeth I. Yes. I don't think he's on here. You know why? He's not worthy of being named. Actually, maybe he doesn't say his name. Um, no, because even the pirates are there. Not pirates. They're not pirates. What are they? Sailors. <laughs> Sailors. They're like the pirates, but without the illegal. Oh, okay. So, um, just so you're aware, the guy that is on top of the Empire State Building, his name is Peter Pervs? Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> He's the guy that... Um, he's been in multiple things. Because that name sounds familiar. Have we um, said that name on this podcast before? I think he was... You know how there was the terrible episode with the Romans called The Romans? Yes. The comedy. He was the one where they were like, no, no, you're too good for this. Oh. No, was it that are one? You serious? No, it wasn't. Oh, it was the bees. It was the bees, remember? So so they said, here, have this role instead. No, I don't know now. Because I thought that was a different person. Anyway, the point is, at some point, they land at the top of the Empire State Building, and there's an extremely irritating character who's just blown out of his mind, because he sees what happens 
with the police box and then the Daleks showing up in their time machine. You have to you have to remind me. I've just read something about this actor. I can't tell you because it gives away next week's episodes. So he's back. Is what I, I'm guessing, which is awful. Um, nah, uh, it's just it, yeah. But yeah, next I'll remember. Sorry, next week. keep keep going. I, I broke your flow. It's all good. We should probably start telling the actual story. His name was yeah. Morton Dill, by the way, the guy on top of the yeah. Yeah, what Dill? I tell you what. At the end of the previous episode, mm-hmm. we saw the Dal uh, a Dalek. Yeah. Being like, we are tracing the Doctor. We got them now. That kind of thing. He's our greatest enemy ever. Yeah. It's been decided. We had a board meeting and we decided. <laughs> well, obviously he's done some things. Like he blew yeah. up one of their ships on Earth. Not him specifically, but he didn't help that situation. He was involved. He was involved. And also he like um, cut the power in that city that time. Yeah. So they couldn't move around on their static electricity floor. That was a good idea, everyone. <laughs> so... Um, or, if you watch the movie, he got Ian to stand in front of a computer and the Daleks all shot at it with their fire extinguishers. Yeah. So, he's done some things. He's done some things. And so the Daleks have, um, you know, they're, they're tracking him. And the Doctor has his space-time visualizer, which he got at the end of the previous story. From the Space from Museum. From the Space Museum. Because... Um, the kids, I can't remember their names, but the boys that were like, this is our planet again. The Zerons. The Zerons were like, um, they're destroying some science stuff. We hate science. Yes. I mean, we all do. Um, and the Doctor was like, well, I'll take that. Thank you very much. And he put it in his ship and now he's mucking around with it. Now, yeah, I thought it looked kind of cool. It's like a big, like, circular screen with a rectangular screen inside it. Yeah. But um, the the thing I found interesting is the list of the planets are on the outside because they're just like it says like Jupiter, Mars, Earth. So I was like, oh, that's just our solar system. So, yeah, it's kind of weird that these people in a totally different galaxy <laughs> yeah. are like, oh yeah, this is our this is how we pinpoint time. <laughs> well, I guess the museum is from all over the place, isn't it? So yeah. maybe this thing has come from our galaxy. You know what would have been cool is if Vicky said, "Oh, I've seen one of these. They use these at home now." She does say that. Really? They were trying to make one work in her time. I think she said. Well, that makes sense. That's why it's Earth stuff. So, um, Ian's reading a book. Um, it's something about monsters. Oh yeah. And uh, Vicky annoyingly tries to read over his shoulder. Which, by the way, I hate that too. So I'm with Ian on that one. Is it the reading over the shoulder or is when she slumped all over him while he tried to read? She did slump all over him. I'm like, what are you doing? That's irritating. Yeah. When did you start being Susan? Well, at least she didn't dye her hair and do it all Susie, you know? <laughs> That's true. That was very close. <laughs> um, and uh, Barbara's making her a dress. Can, can I just ask something? You're from the 60s, right? Sure. Did people just just make a dress? Like, she's a school teacher. Yeah, but genuinely, I think that stuff happened a lot more than in it does 60s. now. Interesting. Yeah. Because lots of people from the generations above love to sew and knit and do all that stuff. I know people do now, but it was a bigger thing back then. Yes. So I, I feel like that's normal. 
I guess, but he's also ignoring the fact that the TARDIS has a wardrobe. Why don't you just go get a dress? That's true. Maybe she likes making dresses. Also, make the Doctor do it. You're talking to the hero of our crew here. Um, Let her rest. The Doctor is all like, leave me alone because I'm doing this thing. Yeah. But uh, eventually, Vicky, like, knocks a cup over onto the dress or something. Yeah. Ruins it or something. Barbara's like, don't worry, it's fine. She can't get anything right. Barbara's just like, this dress was just for you anyway. So it doesn't matter. You know what would be great <laughs> is if we find out it never was, but she just wanted to make her feel bad. <laughs> well, this was for you, you know. Um, so the Doctor is... And sorry, I've, I put time television here as well. Damn it. Um, That's exactly how I've written it too. I wrote the full word television. Uh, did they say time television? No, of course not. They call it a time-space visualizer, but that's basically what it was. A TV through which you could see different events in time. Yes, which is cool. That also makes me think, like, you must have to set that up and be like, I want the camera position that I'm seeing this from to be at this level. You know what I mean? Right, right. Because it, it just showed them like they were watching TV. Anyway, I don't know why I thought of that, because obviously, like, stuff in TV shows don't have to make sense, you know? No, but I, I thought a similar thing. I thought, is this, is the idea of this that it's somehow transporting them to that spot? How else are they getting that vision? Yes. So, this is where we start with Abraham Lincoln, because mm-hmm. um, after the Doctor stops being really complicated and just tells him what the machine does, Ian's like, I want to see this. So um, gives him a date. Gives him a date. Gives him a place. Yep. No further information required, because the machine must go. I know what he wants. Anyway. Yeah, it must. It must. Because I mean, it didn't even. It could have been anywhere in that town. Yeah. Oh, you wanted to see these people smile because you like them. <laughs> no, I wanted to see the Gettysburg Address. Yes. Um. Then Barbara's up next. What does Barbara pick? Something historical that I forgot. See, I would have thought... That's not well, the Shakespeare one. Wasn't that Vicky? No, no. Vic, um, Shakespeare is Barbara. Okay. But she's a history teacher. That makes sense. Um, so I would have thought, you know, Ian might have picked something science because he's a science teacher. That's true. Although, his, his world of science has been opened up since then. Like, he, I don't think he cares. He's, he's travelling in time. The stuff on Earth, yeah, that's that's like base level now. Yeah, he's like, seen time skip. It's like I'm traveling in the fourth dimension. Yeah, not just observing. I've seen myself as an exhibit. You think I care about any scientific discoveries on Earth? Oh, true, because the jump forward thing in the space museum. So yeah. they've seen themselves dead. Oh, so you you know how to find energy with an equation? Well done. I've seen myself <laughs> in the future. Losers. Um, Maybe that's why he's become so violent. He's just acting out because everything he's ever known now means nothing. Yeah, I, I, I put here you'll like you'll like this, Ryan. What? So first of all, he, so Ian, yes, he does. He is a good fighter, but that's just because he's a twentieth-century man. They can all fight. That's sexist. I'm sorry. <laughs> all the all the Barbara likes sewing, and Ian likes to fight. That's just the way it was back then, okay? <laughs> and Vicky's just a silly girl who annoys people. Yes. Doing important things like the men. 
But she's also someone who's like, oh, yeah, time television. We were trying that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so The doctor's blown away by it, and she's just like... Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, I put Queen Elizabeth is amused by Shakespeare's plays. Mm-hmm. We'll meet Queen Victoria. I mean, we were always going to. I assume we would. We've met lots of historical figures. Oh, it depends if the BBC bothered to keep that footage. They land somewhere. Yes. Okay, so they've looked at a few places, and the task has landed in the meantime, because apparently it just runs on automatic at the moment, so... Well, the Doctor never knows where it's going, so it kind of feels like that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, they, they end up on a planet. They don't know where they are, but yeah. it's just like a desert. With two suns. Two suns. So extra hot. Extra hot. Extra two, spicy. What planet has two suns? Uh, Scaro? I no, no, know. non-Doctor Who. Oh, I don't know. Star Wars? The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Tatooine. Tatooine oh, has two okay. sons. I don't remember that. So, where'd, where'd George Lucas get his idea for that from, huh? That's a good point. Yep. Yeah, that is a good point. Oh, are you, are you thinking that's what he did? Well, it just you, looks you, like... You think no one in the history <laughs> of the world has ever thought, what if there was another one? It just looked funny when they looked up at the sky and they were like, there's two sons there. And when they did the shot of the two suns, because yeah. it was just two beams of light, really. Yeah. It's probably like, you know, if you hold a piece of paper with two holes and put a torch through it, that's kind of what it was. Yeah. But um, it kind of looked like that scene in Star Wars where it's like the two suns in the sky, like really close together. You know what? He may, Maybe he saw the Dalek traveling on the sand under the two suns and he thought of R2-D2 doing the same thing. We got him. Yeah. Well, he sold what do we do all. with this information? Nothing. We can't sue him anymore. He sold it to Disney. So we sue Disney? Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, Ian and uh, what, what's her name? Vicky. Vicky's like, I'm just gonna climb. I'm just gonna walk up to that sand dune just to check out what's around. Yeah. We're and just going to the top of the ridge. Don't yeah. worry about it. And Ian's like, I better go after her. And Doctor's like, take this, which I thought was quite a good gadget called the Dardis Magnet, mm-hmm. which obviously shows you where the um, Tardis is in relation to you. Yes. And there's a scene later where he pulls out of his pocket and it just like has a spinning around thing on top. Yeah. And I was like, brilliant. That's cool. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I also love that when the Tardis landed, it was clearly just a miniature box on like oh, yeah. a beach. They just put it <laughs> down, which is quite good. Yeah. Um, now, while Ian and Vicky go away to inevitably get lost, because they split the group. Of course. They find... Um, they're exploring. The suns apparently move quite quickly, so it's going to get dark soon. They find a creature, like some blood, Ian calls it. Yeah. But it's like, like a dead creature on the surface of the planet. And they kind of follow that. And while that's occurring, what are the Doctor and Barbara doing? Relaxing in the sun. They're relaxing in the sun. Yeah. And um, there comes, I think, the best line in this whole episode, where the Doctor is singing. (laughs) Yes. And suddenly the 
or because we didn't mention this, but the the time space visualizer, the time television, if you will, mm-hmm. makes a terrible sound whenever it does anything. Yeah, screeching. Screeching. It makes that screeching sound. And what does Barbara say? She says something about the awful noise. She said, "What's that awful noise?" And the doctor says, um, "Don't say things like that about my singing." And she says, "Not that awful noise. <laughs> that other awful noise." <laughs> It's like, got him. Nice. Great. Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, thoughts? It was funny. <laughs> good, 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 good. Because the doctor's like... So I was confused because the doctor was like, go turn it off. Yeah. Go, go turn off the TV. So does she know how to use that thing now? Or is there just a switch, like an on-off switch? It is an on-off switch, but we only know that because we see Vicky do it. But maybe Barbara doesn't know how to do that. Well, Barbara goes in and she sees on the screen the Daleks. Um, And they have a big conversation. Like, she calls the doctor in and he's all like, what do you want? What's going on? (laughs) And uh, the Daleks on the TV. And I thought it was hilarious because um, they're tracking the doctor. They're like, they're on the planet. Uh, What planet are they on? Aridius. Remember that? Yes. Because the people are called the Iridians. Yes. Um, and uh, what was I saying? The Daleks are on the TV. And they're all like, we're following the Doctor. We know where he is. We're going we're to go get him. And um, they get ready to go into their own time machine that they built, which looks like a cardboard box, by the way. Mm. doesn't look as good as a police box. No. But one of them just does... Is just in the middle of the floor of that control room and just does like a few spins. And it's like... <laughs> and I was like, they're very excited to finally find the Doctor, I guess. They are. And um, when they enter... Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you your opinion on, when they're entering their time machine, the executioners, mm-hmm. do you think there's just maybe three or four Daleks that they've had loop? And come back around. Yeah, I exactly. Thought, I thought they were just going through like a tunnel of cardboard. Yeah. And then coming back around and looping back in. Just to make it look like there was heaps of them. I think, and we'll find out next week in trivia. Um, I think that they've built a few more. Yeah. Not a lot more. But enough that they don't have to use the inflatable ones anymore. That would have been awkward. So, yeah. Carrying them through the cardboard. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what? I did actually think... It's pretty impressive that they all managed... It probably took a few takes, but they all managed to loop through a couple of times without bashing into the wall. Because how can the people in them see? I guess the middle section... You know how there's, like, the dome? Yeah. That's one. Here we go. You know how there's this section? Yeah. There's, like, holes all through there. So I'm guessing the people can just see out of it. Right. But it's still not great visually. I reckon it would have taken a few takes where... They all managed to just get through without bumping into the walls because it was a tight fit. Um, the doctor uh, is like, oh no, because the time space visualizer shows him stuff from the past. So he's like, that's already happened. Mm. So they're either already on their way here or they're somewhere on the planet already. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting because is it from the point of the person using the TV? Because they're in a time machine. Yeah. So is it from the point where they've landed somewhere in the past, the Daleks are now looking for them? 
Yeah, because he, he makes the point that it can't look into the future. Yeah, and I liked that mechanic. I was like, I feel like they're starting to do more stuff with the time aspect. Which is good, because that's the, for me, that's the most interesting. Most interesting and fun stuff. Yeah, so this thing can only look into the past. Last week they did an accidental little jump into the future. Mm. So The light switch phenomenon. The light switch phenomenon. Oh yeah, because he explains it with the light switch. The analogy, which was excellent. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor and Barbara are like, we should go find Ian and Vicky, and they head off. Yeah. Why don't they just leave? Leave the two dumb ones. Go on space adventures, these two geniuses. Also, um, oh, I suppose he can't really fly it, at least not at this point. I was going to say, why don't they just fly to them? <laughs> they could also fly to them and end up 50 years in the future or something. Oh, here's their skeletons. <laughs> Vicky wouldn't be a skeleton yet. Oh, they're dead. <laughs> I don't mean from age. I mean from death. From being okay. made dead early. Um, the Doctor and Vicky find a... Like a... Like a... What, what did they find? It's, it's like, like a, a trap door in the sand that you pull open and it leads to some sort of underground... Yes. Uh, but he pulls it out like a key. Oh, like a right. a big key that then makes the door open. Yeah. And they head down there. And I was amazed that... Like Ian... The number of times you've been, like, trapped in places. And Vicky's like, I'll just go down there. And Ian's like, okay. <laughs> like, we don't want to go back to the rest and just make sure everything's fine first. Yeah. Also, it's getting dark. And he literally was like, it's getting dark. We should head back. But now they've got a trap door. So maybe we should look in there first. That's right. <sighs> Um, and the episode ends with a sandstorm. Oh, there's a sandstorm, and then they wake up, and from underneath the sand rises... A Dalek. A Dalek. And it made me think of when it happens in the Invasion on Earth, you know, from the water. Yes, I think they were going for the same kind of thing. It's like all elements, they just come from anywhere now. Sand, water, fire... I thought it was funny how the dark was coming out of the sand, and he he was all like, <laughs> "I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to check with you because I, I I didn't know if I was misunderstanding the point. Was he meant to be struggling with the sand or annoyed? I thought it was more just like, like he might be annoyed because he got it out of it pretty fine. Yeah, but he was still like." Groaning is the whole way through. Yeah. It was a great shot. But the funny thing is the rest of Daleks don't seem to have that problem. They just kind of turn up. Yeah. It was like, this one's un- this one landed underneath the sand. But the rest were like, where have you been? They're still learning how to time travel. Okay. <laughs> that is true. And I thought that was funny because they, they, they obviously haven't tried it yet. And then they're like, all right, let's give this a crack. And they end up on this planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Doctor and Barbara, so this is the start of episode two now. The death of time. The death of time. Now there's weird music at the start. This is where we start to hear some jazz. Sassy jazz. Because the dark comes out of the sand, but it's all like, ooh, hello, jazz. It's like you could imagine someone scatting in the background. Yeah, and I was like, no, no. Give me some ominous music or something. Do you remember the music from the Space Museum when the Doctor was walking through the TARDIS that wasn't there? And it was yeah. all creepy? How did they go from that to sassy jazz? They were like, we better balance this out. 
<laughs> now, I should also point out, probably should have put it at the start, but people were like screaming for Daleks at this point. Right. So we've talked about Dalek mania before, mm-hmm. but the movies being made, like being made concurrently, these are coming out. Everyone's waiting for the movie. Everyone's like, when are the Daleks coming back? You know? Yeah, you know why? Because they got bees. <laughs> and they were like, this is awful. They got bees. They got the museum. They got giants that weren't really giants. Yeah. That was that before That was before the Dalek invasion of Earth. That, I'm pretty sure that's the first story arc in season two. Yeah. Is the giants. So this is the second time we've seen the Daleks this season. Mm. And they're like, Terry... Terry, write something, please. <laughs> I will say, when his name comes up at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's good. Yeah. A real story. Yes, really, it is. And um, so I can imagine when the darts come out of the sand, people being like, oh my gosh, they're back. <laughs> you know, like, so I get it. Um, but the Doctor and Barbara continue to hide. Mm-hmm. They hide behind some sand. The Doctor and Barbara get caught by whoever lives on this planet. Which we don't know yet. No, we don't. But they we they come... The Daleks identify them as Iridians. Because they're like, oh, there's another species here as well. And the Daleks like, Iridians, they're not going to bother us. Irrelevant. Yes, basically. Um, and one of them gets exterminated by the Daleks. And we see the return of their cool, inverted colour death. Thing. Shooting, yeah. Ian and Vicky... They went into the, that cave. The door closed behind them. Yep. And uh, there's like a big lizard-like creature. Mm. And um, it made me think of that Pokemon. You know the big bulbous Pokemon that also has like the tentacles? Yeah. Uh, What's it called? Are you thinking of a Digimon? Because I'll have to ask you to leave. I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of a totally unrelated thing to any of that stuff. Okay. It made me think of this a little bit. That's a victory bell, everyone. Yeah. Looked nothing like it. Yes, it did. It was just like a big plant that had like um, like octopus-type legs, but it wasn't like a lizard creature. It was a huge fat plant. Yes. Wasn't it? Um, it says lizard-like creature on the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I guess it's that. What am um, I thinking of? There's tentacles later. Oh, maybe I'm getting myself confused. With, with the, the wall thing. that's breaking... Almost broken wall. Maybe. The creatures introduce themselves as Iridians and they explain to the Doctor and Barbara the history of their planet. So they're like, used to be lots of water, now there isn't. And then they're like, so we've got parts of our cities that used to be underwater are like sealed. They've got like air seals and stuff. Um, But the thing that I found really interesting, so the Iridians aren't really, they talk about their... To Tatarian airlock. Mm, yes. But they're not really phased by, like, the Daleks re- initially, anyway. So the Doctor's like, we better leave because the Daleks are after me and this doesn't concern you. I don't want to get you caught up in it. Yeah, we'll just go. And they're like, you must have something to eat and drink. Come with us. Mm. But clearly they then go... Okay, the Daleks are going to be a problem. Right. And they talk to the Daleks, and the Daleks are like, you give us the Doctor, or we kill you. And they're like, alright then. 
But I thought what was really funny is the original seem like kind of pushovers. Yes, very much so. So I reckon the Doctor and Barbara could have taken them. Yeah, <laughs> Probably. Imagine, imagine if he just pulled out his cane. Yeah. He had a cool little hat on. Yes, he did. He did. He could have thrown the hat at one of them. Okay. I think, <laughs> I think, I think Barbara could have, have taken a, a few of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, she's way different in this story arc, I feel like. I feel like she's more the damsel in distress kind of trope. Yeah, I guess. A little bit. But she's also, like... I guess she's a bit... Like, they were stuck in a sandstorm. Yeah. You know, she's probably not at her best. <laughs> she's probably annoyed, too, because all Ian and Vicky had to do was not go past the ridge... All they were going to do is climb to the top and have a look. Yeah. And then they're, they're gone for hours. Now, uh, so the doctors, that the Iridians tell the doctor, we've got two hours to get back to the Daleks. So the doctor's like, well, now I've got two hours to kind of figure this out. And so him and Barbara are talking about, you know, what can they do? And she's really worried about where Ian is. And the doctor's like, don't worry about him. He's Ian. Yeah. Which I thought was quite a good conversation because she was like, oh, yeah, he's, like, survived heaps of things. Remember those times he's been hit in the head? And knocked out And knocked out. And that's going to come back. The phrase they use, well, the doctor uses, is Ian's infallible self-preservation. I think that's correct. Which basically means he gets knocked out all the time. It doesn't seem to affect his brain that much. <laughs> yeah. Or just, like... This guy doesn't seem to die. Yeah. So, what are you worried about? Um, it turns out, though, that Ian will, does get another hit on the head. Of course. Because Vicky and... Um, and I almost said the Ian. Vicky and the Ian. <laughs> uh, there's, like, a big, like, explosion... Uh, so Vicky's grabbed by one of the creatures... And there's an explosion which has come from the Iridians because they're blowing up their Tarian airlock or whatever. Yeah. And so that gets rid of the creature, but Ian also gets hit in the head with a big rock. Of course. So his head, he's got blood on his face and he lies down. Vicky's like, don't worry, I'll go get the doctor and I'll come back. Leaves him. Yes. I need to say two things. You say those two things. The first one is... If you watch, because they use one of those things that you see in old-timey westerns where there's, like, the big box that's got the wires leading up to where the dynamite is on the train tracks or whatever that they push down on to blow the thing up. Yep. He never pushes it down. He goes to press it, and then it's just boom. They never actually filmed him pushing down to make the explosion Maybe happen. it's just activated on touch. And the even better thing... Yep. I don't know if you noticed this. I thought you would have said so. When Vicky is filming the scene after Ian collapses, and she says, I'm going to rescue... I'm going to get help. Yeah. She is visibly laughing to herself at how ridiculous the situation is as an actress. The Iridians tell the Doctor, you've got till half sun, and then we're going to give you to the Daleks. And so Vicky... Because we, we kind of cut between the two. But yeah. Vicky, we go back to Vicky, and um, <laughs> she's searching for a way out. She sees Daleks. 
and um, the Daleks have like two Iridians who are like digging the TARDIS out of the ground for them. Right. And they're like, oh, we don't need these people anymore. So they kill those two. Which Irrelevant. Makes me, yeah, which then makes me think, if you hand the Doctor over to these guys, do you think they're just going to let you go? This is murdering a bunch of your people. And then they try and shoot the TARDIS a few times. Yep. And what happens? Literally nothing. Nothing. We just get a shot of the TARDIS going all like... And they're like, What? Failure, failure. <laughs> They're really angry with each other. Yeah, because I guess they thought if they shot the box, it would just blow up. The Doctor says they have two hours before the sun sets. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point where Vicky does turn up. So she turns up mm-hmm. in the caves. Um, but the Iridians come at that point and they're like, we're, gonna, we're taking to the Daleks now. It's time. Yeah. And Vicky's like, oh. And the Doctor and Barbara are like, great. But then, at this moment, the creature breaks through the wall. Your tentacle oh, friend yes. breaks through the wall. Yes. And um, <laughs> and so... Um, it's grabbed onto Barbara. It, it's grabbed onto Barbara, but they manage to free her. But a few Iridians get kind of like... Grabbed by it and yeah. and dragged to their deaths. There's definitely one that you see at the end who there's no hope. He's done for. Yeah, but there's also a chance where I think there's a moment where Barbara's like trying to help, trying him. to help him, and the Doctor's like, "There's no use. Let's get out of here." It's almost like the Doctor was like irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess these people were going to hand them over to the Daleks. Yeah, I figure that he has no he has no love for them anymore after that. Yeah. Um, now, they go to escape and they come across Ian and they decide to come up with a plan to get to the TARDIS because mm-hmm. it's Dalek. It's surrounded by Daleks. Yes. Um, and he comes up with a great plan, which is, Barbara, give me your cardigan. Yep. And she's like, oh, there goes another cardigan. <laughs> and the, he's like, Doctor, I need your jacket. And he's like, oh, I like my jacket. And he's like, oh, don't worry. I'm just going to use it for a, a trick. Yeah. And I... Sometimes I'm baffled by the Daleks. So they work out how to time travel, right? Yeah. Geniuses. Geniuses. But they don't notice two items of clothing just covered in the sand, which... It's not even disguised. It's not even like covering a hole. It's just covering the edge of a hole. Yes. So that if the dark goes to that edge, it will fall off the edge. It's not one of those typical traps you see in movies where even us as the viewer can't see the trap there. And they walk in and the whole thing dissolves. It's just they put a couple of cardigans and, and coats over the edge of a cliff. And that was enough to trick the Dalek. Yeah. But they get its attention... Yes, by shouting at it. Yeah, standing in different spots around it and each going, Yeah, yahoo! And Vicky does that. They're like, this isn't part of What are you doing? She's... Yeah. <laughs> the Doctor and Ian are like, they're leading this plan. And we Vicky's need like, to come this way. And she's like, I, I want to be involved too. Yeah. But the Dalek does fall for their trap. Mm-hmm. And they manage to get into the TARDIS. 
The dog falls down the hole into the Iridian cave network. The Doctor and his companions rush into the TARDIS just as the darks fire at them. And the TARDIS yes. dematerializes. And they leave. They leave the death of time. A couple of things can I say before we move on to the next... Yep. Before we move on to the next episode. Uh, Vicky has a Susan moment right near the beginning of the episode. Where she like, just stands in a spot and screams and nothing's happening. And they're like, relax, we're going to get through this. Yeah. In fact... The Ian and Vicky have a moment with that where he's like, don't just stand there, like, screaming. Yes. Run. And then they run around a corner and Ian's like, whoa. And she's like, don't just stand there gaping. Let's go. <laughs> so they, they do that to each other, which is quite good. Yeah. And there's some there's, there's some dialogue pieces between the Daleks that I, I like a lot. Like, um... Right at the beginning of the episode, they're talking about whether or not to kill the Doctor and the crew or to keep them alive. Yeah. And the back and forth is just like, shall we take them alive? No. Good. Exterminate. Like, they're so like... "Ah!" It's like, exterminate, annihilate. They say a few different things. Yeah. Exterminate, destroy. They like, they just mutter a whole heap of stuff. Yeah. They're really after him. Like, they're... This is, this is... You know that thing of... It's raining. It's Sorry. raining. You know in the Dark Knight, where at the end the Joker says, I think you and I are destined to do this forever. Yeah. This is that moment for them. But to them it's die, die, die. Die. But they're like, we will pursue you through all eternity. They do say that. The other dialogue I like between the dialects is one of them is saying, we're going to get them. And the other one just keeps saying yes. So it's like, we're going to catch the Doctor. Yes. We're going to take him to our place. Yes. We're going to chase him through all of time. Yes. It's just like, that was it. And they do like a good, uh, like, a, it's kind of like dancing while they do that. They all kind of like move around. <laughs> yes. And all they like moving their little like, plunges and stuff. Yeah, they're doing the whole thing like, woo, let's go. It's a party. Because I guess they've just figured out time travel. So they're like, yeah. This is the best. Yeah. We can go anywhere. We can kill this guy anywhere. Anywhere. And so they fly through eternity. Yeah. The bassy music in parts of it, and the fact that it was really dark and there were shadows everywhere, it reminded me a lot of Abe's Odyssey. Mm. The video game where you escape from a factory. Yes, no, I played it. And when you I played the original, I haven't played any of I'm talking about the original. Yes. And when you're out there and there's that really cool bassy music and you've got to hide in shadows, for some reason there were parts of this episode where the bass was so close to that similar... Soundtrack that I was like, ooh, that's nice. Hello. The Doctor and his companions celebrate getting the better of the darks and set off for the next destination. In fact, the Doctor actually says, we gave them a good hiding or something. Yeah, yeah. So they they shan't be following us because we showed them. We tricked them. Now, he has a device. So this is the start of Flight Through Into Eternity. Yeah, this is where we're going to meet our good friend. Now, what I couldn't understand is... So, it was called... So, he said he had, like, a time pursue detector or something. Oh, yeah. So, he could he could tell when someone was um It was following. a time... Something about the time path. Time path detector or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And so, he said it's never it's never lit up before. Yes, but it's been there ever since... He said, ever since I've constructed. Yes. So I was like, 
So he's trying to say that he built this? And is that different to what you know? That is different to what I know. Mm. So, but that being said, he could have just made modifications to this machine. Maybe that's what he meant. Yeah. He is old. He is old. Um, the Daleks, uh, I think there were some good effects of, like, the, the Doctor's TARDIS going through the time vortex. Yeah. And the Daleks' ship following them. <laughs> the hilarious thing being, because we're kind of used to seeing the TARDIS flying through the vortex. Like, we're used to seeing it, that ridiculous box doing stuff like that. Yeah. But then to see the Daleks, like, inferior-looking machine, <laughs> like, trundle on after them. Yeah, it was good. Now, where does the TARDIS land? The top of the Empire State Building. Where someone is giving a tour? Yes. A real, like, a guy that I'd be like, are you sure you're a tour guide? <laughs> you're not a gangster? <laughs> yeah. He's like a, a full, thick New York, hey! Hey. You know? It's like, check out this view, eh? Yeah. Sorry, that's Canadian. Because I say hey <laughs> a lot. Hey? <laughs> um... And there's a guy with a, like a Stetson, like a cowboy hat. Yeah. And he's also there. He's on the tour. He's on the tour. He's looking out, out at the... Like the binocular type devices they have at the top there. Yep. Where they can look out at the different scenery. And The rest of the tour guide has gone around the corner. He's by himself. And he turns around. And he sees the police box. He sees the police box. And who comes out of the box first? Barbara, I think. Barbara does come out of the police box first. Ten points to you. Ding, ding. Um, you get uh, this prize. DN6. DN6. And you can get your Roboman to apply that DN6 all over your garden. <laughs> I don't like how that sounded. He informs Barbara and Vicky. So Barbara is like... He's all like, oh, how'd this box get here? Who are you? What's going on here? Mm. And he's... Vicky comes out, and he's like, oh, there's more people here. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, Barbara's pretty open about being like, where are... She She works out... I think she works out where they are, mm. but when they are... Yes. And he, she, she's like, what year is it? And he was like, is it a different year in Hollywood or whatever? And she's like, yep. And so he's like, 1966. Yeah. So and it's almost current year. Yeah. In fact, yeah, it's through, they're three years off their home time. Mm. And so the other funny thing is when Vicky comes out, the guy's just like, 1966. And she's like, thank you. <laughs> like, she doesn't even ask him what year it is, but he just goes and like, Preemptively. Preemptively tells her. Um, and he thinks that they're, that it's a magic act. You would think that, because if a box just appeared, you'd be like, how'd you do that? Mm. That's not real. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Doctor comes out, and Ian comes out. I think so. I think they are all out there, and Mr. Stetson, mm. he's like, oh... Is there, are there more of you in there? And the doctor's like, no, no, this is it. <laughs> and so he's all amazed. And now, I think you found him irritating. Yes. But I 
I liked that character. I was like... Why? I think because it's like... It's so... It's it's so specifically... Like, so stereotypically... Like he's from Alabama. Yes. <laughs> Where you folks from? Oh my gosh! And as irritating as I found that... Yes. Um, I think what I liked is my concern... I, I think I just got concerned for him. Because when they all get in the box and fly away... And he's all like, oh, that's just a... Because uh, he tries to take a photo of him. Yes. But the box disappears. Every time as he's getting it ready. And he turns around. And then by the time he turns around again, there's a different time machine has landed. And then out of the bo- that box comes a Dalek. Because they're chasing him. And I was like, oh, no, he's going to die. That's what I thought, too. I was like, this guy's dead. Mm. In fact, I'm surprised that the Daleks didn't kill him. They must have thought he was relevant. To something. Yeah. Not to this episode. <laughs> um, and so he's like, uh, he's like circles of Dalek. He's like, oh, what's going on here? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, he said, Do you, where'd those other like celebrities go? Mm. Like for this movie. Where'd these other movie stars go? I think he says. And the Dalek's like, the mo- oh, like the Dalek figures it out. Yeah. He's like, oh, where did they go? And he's like, they just disappeared. And the Dalek's like, that's enough information for me. Bye. Thanks very much. See ya. See you later. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I gotta take a photo. Doesn't get to though, they does he? Just disappear. Disappears. And then the other, the tour, the rest of the tour comes back, and he's like, there was a box here, and they all think he's crazy. And it doesn't help because I think he, I mean, you're happy for him because he doesn't get killed by the Daleks. But he essentially has a mental breakdown. Yeah, because he witnessed something that cannot really happen, and he can't explain it. And the doctor didn't offer any explanation. He just flew off. Mm. So he met four people in a small box who left, and one weird metal salt and pepper shaker. Yes. And that then flew off. And doesn't one of the tour guide people go, I'll go get help? Yeah, I'm going to get security, because he's like... Literally having a breakdown, and he's like screaming at them, like, "What's the trick? You can't do this to me!" They're like, "Uh, what?" Because they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Oh, but the doctor drops in the title. He's like, "Ah," because he's he's like, "We have to go now." When they're leaving, and he's like, "Oh, is this part of the movie?" And he's like, "It's the chase, you know." Yes, because doesn't even say. He says that other people are coming. He's like, oh, you, you like, you're being chased. And he's like, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the chase, you know. Yeah. So they they fly off. And the doctor's like, ah, this is going to be a problem. Because he's now gotten to the point where before he was like, we've left that planet. They'll leave us alone for a bit. Mm. But now he's realized, like, they're going to just keep coming. And they're getting closer. Like, they started off being 12 minutes ahead. And then they're down to eight minutes and maybe six minutes by the end of the episodes. Yes. Ian and Barbara go outside because the Doctor says the task has materialised. Now, again, like a lack of care. Because Barbara's like, oh, it's a ship. She's like, I just want to go have a look at the ship. This is amazing. I love sailing. <laughs> and so she goes out. But you don't know what time this is. Like, you don't know how, like, a woman on a ship is going to be received. Because that's generally not a good thing, apparently. They could be pirates. 
Yeah. They could be anybody. Imagine the TARDIS land on a ship and there's pirates. Yeah. Alright, that happens. <laughs> That's what that face says. It happens at some point. And so she goes out there and she, someone's like, what are you doing here? Rightfully so. Like, if I was on a ship and a stranger turned up, I'd be like, where'd you come from? Mm. And so she's struggling. And then Vicky comes out. Yeah. And Vicky's like, oh my gosh, I gotta help Barbara. So she climbs. There's, it's like there's the, you know, where the big wheel is on the <laughs> ship. You know where the driver is. There's the, the two, captain. There's, no. the, there's the two levels. Yeah. And so Vicky climbs up, up to the top level and finds something to hit the guy with. At that point, Ian comes out. And he's like, oh, Barbara. Which, by the way, Vicky pushed you in first before trying to, like, solve this problem on her own. Yeah. And so Ian gets the guy off Barbara, Barbara and, like, shoves him inside the place just when Vicky swings down. To hit him on the head, but hits. Hits Ian on the head. Yeah. So, as usual, he's knocked out. But, again, I think... I think they they keep hitting on the head because William Russell falling down. A plus. <laughs> like every time he's just he knows what he's doing. Like, can you do some more falling down? He's like, Well, you'll have to hit me on the head. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know how many story arcs it's been since he wasn't. It happens at least once in every story. Yes. And not to anyone else, just him. Now at this point Um so, Vicky and Barbara help Ian back into the ship. Mm-hmm. And the ship... Uh, we should say the TARDIS, because they are on a ship as yes, well. Yes, sorry, the box. <laughs> the box. And it flies away. Mm. And so, for us, I think this is the last time we see the TARDIS crew mm. for a little bit. Um, well, doing anything productive, really. Mm-hmm. But the, the Daleks turn up. They're like, where are the others? <laughs> and the... Sailors are like, we have no idea what's going on. And so they go rightfully bananas. And yeah. they all jump off the ship. Um, one of the Daleks falls into the water. And screams. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because I was like, how did he do that? Because was he just... He looked like he was just chasing someone and then just went into the water. Yeah, I don't understand what really happened there. Yeah. Maybe the guy who was chasing jumped in and he didn't... Jumped into the water and he didn't... Well, he... It didn't see it. Yeah. But he's just like... And uh, the captain... Because he's quite a famous... He's a famous captain. Captain Benjamin Briggs. There you go. Um, Captain of the Mary Celeste. Yes. Um, His... I think his wife was there with... Their child, and she jumps in with a baby, yes. which I found horrifying. So did I. I know it's a prop baby, like it's not a real baby, yeah, because you can tell. But she jumps in, and it it goes underwater for a minute. Like babies don't know how to do that, <laughs> so it wouldn't have been like take a deep breath. Yeah, it would have just whack underwater. <laughs> yeah, done. And so, um, and eventually the ca- everyone jumps into the water eventually. Yeah. Even the last guy that they find jumps into the water. And the dark's like, well, I guess they're not here. <laughs> Just that leave. was it. That was it. 
And uh, as the Daleks, like, go to leave, the camera zooms in on the name of the ship. Mary Celeste. The Mary Celeste. Uh, which I remember being a famous boat, ship, whatever. Um, so I put the Mary Celeste here, exclamation point, because it's a ship that was just found and the crew were all gone. Oh. So historically that ship exists and the, they couldn't, there was no sign of where the crew went and there didn't appear to be any damage to the ship. It was just empty. So it's perfect that that could be why. Yeah. In fact, I think original accounts are like, all of the crew's stuff was just still on the ship. So they didn't disembark and go right. somewhere with all their stuff. All their stuff was just left on the ship. So it's like they literally all abandoned the ship. Yeah. Which means that mother and child... They're all dead. They're all dead. Probably. Yeah. I mean, unless they end up... I mean, what year was that? 1966. It wasn't still 1966, was oh, it? Oh, you It right. was the Mary Celeste in 1872... Bing bong. So I guess they could have ended up on an island or something, but I think they're probably all dead. Historically, they're definitely dead. What? By now, anyway. So this is what um, famous ship expert website Wikipedia says. <laughs> Captain Briggs and his crew. Bedroom Briggs was born in Wayham, Massachusetts, one of five sons of sea captain Nathan Briggs. All but one of the sons went to sea, and two becoming captains, one of them Benjamin. Benjamin was an observant Christian who read the Bible regularly. We don't have to read the whole Wikipedia. Yeah, I'm doing it. No. No, I'm just skipping. I'm just trying to find the bit where he becomes captain. (laughs) Briggs chose the crew for his voyage with care. While Mary Celeste prepared to sail, the Canadian Brigantine, which I guess is another ship, lay nearby in Hoboken, New Jersey, awaiting cargo of petroleum destined for Genoa. Genoa. The captain of that ship was Captain Morehouse, and Captain Briggs and Morehouse shared some interests, and some writers think it likely that they knew each other, even casually. They were good acquaintances. Okay. So the De Gracia, which is Captain Morehouse's ship, left after... uh, The Mary Celeste. The Mary Celeste, on the same route. So Mm -hmm. they left New Jersey. They both left from about that point. And the De Gracia came across the Mary Celeste and it was just abandoned. So as his vessel drew close, he could see nobody on deck. He received no reply to his signals. So he sent out some of his crew to board the ship to investigate. The pair established that this was the Mary Celeste by the name on the stern. They then climbed on board and found the ship deserted. The sails were partly set and in a poor condition, some missing altogether. Much of the rigging was damaged, with ropes hanging loosely on each side. The main hatch was secure. The ship's single lifeboat had been stowed across the main hatch, but it was missing. There was four and a, there was three and a half feet of water in the hold. The ship's daily log in the mate's captain and its final entry was dated November 25th, nine days earlier. So it sat there for nine days. And then they were never found. They never found. They found personal items scattered... Um, and swords still sheathed, so they hadn't, like, even... It wasn't like they had been approached by anybody. Yeah. Wow, that's really weird. Well, now we know why. It's the Daleks. (laughs) It's interesting how they take 
an historical event that will work and use it for the show. Yeah, there's a bunch of things here. Like, there's a whole list of, like, um, proposed explanations. Like, some say that um, they must have been boarded and killed or someone stole some stuff. Or One is just that they left on a, on a lifeboat. Right. One is, like, a water spout might have terrified everyone off the ship or something. So, <laughs> yeah. I bet, anyway. you I bet you there's a bunch of media properties that have used that same idea. Yeah, and this will come up a lot in Doctor Who. Yeah. Well, I mean, he fit in perfectly with the Romans, you know, so... Yeah. And I think we end the episode with Barbara being like, that was the Mary Celeste. That was about it. Yeah. So, I, um, I liked this. I enjoyed it. I'm just waiting for the mind-blowing lore. Yeah. But it makes sense that it would be towards the end of the story arc. Yeah, Am I, think I... We, I think we're just kind of like in a good... Like, at the moment, they're just on the run. Yes. So the Doctor hasn't made a plan yet to win. He's just like, we'll keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll have to face him eventually. They even say, we can't just keep on... Like, moving. Well, they're losing time. Yeah. They're losing the gap between them and the Daleks. So. You want to guess what's going to happen next week? Oh, uh, they catch them. Oh, uh, well, I, rem- I don't remember the name of it, but the Doctor was trying to work on a device in the TARDIS. Yes. To help with some plan to ward off the Daleks or to escape them. Yes. He- I think don't think it's really mentioned here much because he doesn't really go into it. Go into detail. But I assume that that's going to have something to do with how they get away. Uh, the Doctor breaks news that the gap between the Tarsus ship has lessened to eight minutes, and that with every stop, the Daleks get closer. But I don't have any other information on his device that he's making. But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to for things. And I think this is at the point where, because it was like peak Dalek, they were... They realised how, like, they thought the show was more popular than they thought it was going to be. Mm. And now it's, like, reached, like, another level again. Yeah. Because they're like, now we'll do some weird stuff with time. Um, and I think from here on in, like, oh, there's a lot of episodes that have, like some impact yep so i'm excited i'm excited for this and the time meddler because i love the time stuff the time meddler is very good i expect Um, freaky things and so um and it's also the first time where we see anything that gives any kind of insight into the doctor's past right so that's good Mm. is he the time meddler Oh, remember how Ian was the Knight of Jafar, and that was a thing. You're like, oh, he's the Knight of Jafar. It's not he a different the Knight character. Jafar or Jaffa, as you like those orange things. Yeah, is the Doctor the Time Meddler? Probably. Well, he has been, but is he the one referred to in that episode? Maybe they do some weird things with time. I like that a lot. Oh. It's time for... Rate that episode. No, we do that next week. Oh, yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, it's time for... 
Bye. The end of the episode. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening. Yes. It's fun. It's good fun. <laughs> we really appreciate you listening. Um, if you like the episode, why not uh, review it or rate it? Some people gave us five stars. Yeah. No one's written a review. So do that. That'd be great. Thank you. We would love it. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places. Not YouTube. Goodbye. Not YouTube. That's a new website we're starting. Not YouTube. Not YouTube. Yep. Um, if you're looking for any of our platforms, there's a link tree in the episode description mm-hmm. that will link you to all the different trees that we have. And you can find that. <laughs> the world beneath the trees. Oh. You can find that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. MySpace? No. Okay. <laughs> no. That's a different era. Bebo? Actually, MySpace doesn't exist yet. What? <laughs> Where we are in the timeline of Yeah, neither does YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. YouTube is a You can find us on some parchment. You can find us on... Uh, what, what did they have in the in the sixties? Film. You can find, you us, can find us in books on the radio on your wireless. Yeah, we have advertisements advertisements for DN six and uh, um, Robomen. You can find us on um on a floppy disk. <laughs> I don't like this. You can bit. find us on microfilm. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can find us in a newspaper. Matthew's naming old things now. As time regresses, you'll find us in Technicolor. Oh, Technicolor. (laughs) But yeah, this has been real good. All right, thanks, everyone. Okay, bye. Bye. What are you doing? I'm reversing the polarity of my ultrasonic screwdriver's power source. Reverse the polarity. Reverse. Reverse. Reverse the polarity. I just reversed the polarity.